I don't know how many of you have this, but, but it's a wonderful invention, caller ID. <laughs> you can tell who's on the phone even before you answer it. What a concept. If the ID shows some sales company or unknown, you don't have to answer the phone. You already know it's somebody you don't want to talk to. Now, some phones, sales companies, and, and some politicians have, have found a way around that. Uh, they've learned what's called spoofing your caller ID. They, they can make the number appear to be somebody that it's not trying to get you to answer the phone. My, my personal favorite of this is when the caller ID shows your number. And I guess they're thinking, well, I called myself. I better see what I have to say. Actually, I look at caller ID in a more positive way than that. I get excited when it's somebody that I know. When, when Marcia's calling me to say she's found a new restaurant or when one of my daughters calling me with some, some news about their day or when my dentist calls me to affirm my appointment. Well, maybe not that last one, but you get the idea. It's exciting when, when somebody you know has something they want to tell you. We're, we're excited about that. We, we want to know what that communication is. Uh, it's why I have a box full of letters at home that Marsha wrote me while we were in college, and my trash can gets full of junk mail every week. Now, I've had Marsha's letters for over 30 years now, and I don't even look at those junk email. Now, why is that? Well, obviously, it's because of the relationship. That's why we obey Christ. We could and should obey Him because He is the Lord. We could... And should obey Him because He's our Creator. But it goes much, much deeper than that. We're actually continuing a passage that we started last week. Here in verse 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. We have good reason to follow Christ. We're going to find out at least two of those this morning. Why is it that we serve Christ? Well, that's a big question and an important one. We, we serve Christ because he is Lord. That would be enough. He, he deserves our full worship. He deserves our full devotion. But it doesn't stop there. We serve Christ because He is our Creator. Jesus is fully divine. He is fully God. And our God and Creator has come to us. The Creator, the One who fashioned us, the One who made us, as well as everything that is, he stepped into our world to know us. That would be reason enough to follow Him. But Jesus doesn't stop there. We serve Christ because He's our Savior. He died on the cross for our sin. He took our guilt, our shame, our punishment upon Himself. He did what we could not do. He paid for our sin in full. We could never repay Him for that gift. Now, that would be reason enough to serve him as well. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He continues here in verse 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. 
our Savior, our Creator, our Lord has called us friend. It's impossible to fully describe what that statement means. We looked at this last week. We fully deserve to be a servant of Christ. In fact, that's more than we deserve. We don't even really deserve to be a servant. In our sin, we were separated from God and His love. We had no way to overcome that separation. He forgives us through His grace alone. We're like the prodigal son who returns home hoping that his father will just let him be a slave in his household. But Jesus makes us his friend. A servant does what his master commands because that's his duty. That's what he's supposed to do. A friend has a deeper reason for obedience. And Jesus calls us friend. Now again, this we looked at this last week in, in verse 14 which is an incredible verse as well. As we saw last week, that statement calling us friends, something that only two people in the Old Testament were called, Moses and Abraham. Now God is giving that designation to all of us who follow Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we looked at how, what, what an incredible thing that is. And Jesus makes this statement, and then he says it again here in verse 15. Now, why would Jesus repeat this twice? You think we didn't get it the first time? Well, yes, <laughs> that probably was part of it. He said this to his disciples, and it was such a remarkable statement, such a stunning statement, that, that it probably caught them by surprise. And so it is no surprise that Jesus would say it twice. But Jesus says this twice to us because he wants us to get this. He wants us to understand <laughs> What this means. Now, he doesn't say that we're friends flippantly. Again, we looked at that last week as well. Jesus is not the man upstairs. He's not our co-pilot. He's not our grandpa in the sky who gives us goodies from time to time. He's king of kings. He is Lord of lords. He deserves our worship. He is deserving of all honor, all praise. But He has called us friend. We follow Christ not out of a sense of duty, not out of a sense of obligation. We follow this One who has made us His friend. Now that extraordinary truth leads to an important result that you might not think of. And this is one that sometimes we struggle with as believers. And I think this is one of the reasons why Jesus says this twice. Because where he's going may not be exactly where we think he's going with this. He has called us friend. We are a friend of God. That's amazing. So what should come out of that? What should that result in? Well, here's what Jesus says it should result in. We should love each other. Look again at verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. <laughs> now, verse 16 emphasizes Jesus as the source. 
We did not choose him as our friend. He chose us as his friend. This is his doing. This is his prerogative. And he has appointed us with a very specific assignment to bear fruit and not just any fruit. Fruit that will last. Fruit that will last for all eternity. I have some bananas at home that I I don't get them eaten today. They're not going to last past tonight. Oh, this is something amazing. Jesus wants us to bear fruit that will last forever. Now, there's a few things to note here. First, this is God's initiative. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because He first loved us. We were lost in sin. We were deserving of nothing other than God's wrath. And He steps in with the greatest display of love ever. He sends His Son. He chose us. This is God's initiative. Now, that's important because otherwise what he says after this wouldn't be possible. God chose us. He appointed us to go and bear fruit. The words that are used here, are the, the tense is very important. It's present active subjunctive for all you English majors. It means a continuing action. God keeps on loving us. It's not just a one-time thing. It continues. It was good yesterday. It continues today. It will continue tomorrow. And we are to keep on bearing fruit. A fruit that lasts Because it is in Christ. And that's why we love each other. Because we are in Christ. We are a friend of God because we are in Christ. You see a theme here? Some folks are really good at coming up with slogans. I'm not one of those folks. I wish I was. Good slogans can encapsulate an idea in such a way that it will stick with you, that you just remember it. You may remember a a few years back we had a fellow named Danny Scarth here giving a a, a testimony. He was in a wheelchair. I still remember the slogan that stuck in his mind. This wasn't even a slogan that I heard. It's one that he heard and that I've heard him talk about. He was at a youth camp that he attended, and the the slogan for the week at the youth camp was, this is another opportunity to trust the Lord. And the idea was, everywhere we go, everything that we do, whatever it is, it's another opportunity to trust the Lord. And, and, And they said that over and over again at camp. They said it at the worship services. They said it at the Bible studies. They said it just before they ate the mystery meat at lunch. I mean, whatever was going on, this is another opportunity to trust the Lord. And then a few weeks after that youth camp, Danny was injured in a football accident that left him paralyzed for life. And laying there in the hospital emergency room, not knowing what would happen, guess what thought ran through his mind? This is another opportunity to trust the Lord. 
Jesus repeated something to his disciples over and over again. Not just here, but also elsewhere. One of the things that he repeats, Luke chapter 22, verse 24, and John chapter 13, verse 5, and John chapter 13, verse 15, here in chapter 15, and elsewhere. This is my command. Love each other. He says that over and over and over again. This is my command. Love each other. This is my command. Love each other. And now in this passage that we've been looking at for a couple of weeks, he repeats something else that he also repeats elsewhere as well. You're my friend. You're my friend. This is my command. Love each other. You're my friend. This is my command. Love each other. You're my friend. This is my command. Love each other. Why would Jesus say that over and over again? So his disciples would remember it. And when they would come into those days when when they would be tempted to think that one of them was better than another, they would remember Jesus' words. You're my friend. This is my command. Love each other. When they would face persecution for sharing the message of the gospel and they would wonder, how can I go on doing this? They would remember, you're my friend. This is my command. Love each other. Over and over, Jesus told his disciples to love each other and remain in him. Because everything that they did would depend on this. Everything they did would depend upon their recognition that Jesus was their friend and this was his command. Love each other. On the night that Jesus would be arrested, taken away, and then crucified, they would need to remember You're my friend. This is my command. Love each other. We need to remember the same truth. And oh, it's so hard in the world in which we live. There's always something happening. You look around the world and you see all kinds of violence and stress and hunger and pain. And it would be easy just to close the doors hide and keep the world out there somewhere. Except we remember Jesus' words. You're my friend. This is my command. Love each other. There's some people out there in that world you need love. There's some people out in that world that they're my friend too. You're my friend. This is my command. Love each other. There are times when we as believers can kind of be at odds. We can have difficulty with one another and we can wonder, well, how in the world can I keep on with this guy? I just can't handle this anymore. I well, we need to remember Jesus saying, you're my friend and this is my command. Love each other. Jesus has chosen us. He has made us 
his friend. And he's given us this command. Love each other. Whatever we face today, whatever comes our way, it's another opportunity to trust the Lord. It's another opportunity to remember. He has called his friend. And this is his command. Love each other. Heavenly Father, help us. We live in a very confusing world. Where we look around and we see evil everywhere we look. And it would be very, very tempting to just crawl inside our own little castle and just keep the world at bay. The God there's out there in that cruel, rugged world, there's people that you love. People that you want to hear the gospel. People that need ministry. God, you have called us friend. I, I don't understand why. I don't understand how that could be possible. But you have done that. And you've given us this command. Love one another. So God, help us love the people. Your creation in this world. People that are unlovely. People who are far from you. People who desperately need what only you can do in their life. God, help us to love them with a love that only comes from you. And help us to go out and share the good news that you have provided for us that we truly might bear fruit that will last for all eternity. God, help us remember that you have called us friends. And you have given us this command to love one another. Help us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.